It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. All righty, let's uh, let's move on here to the uh, AFC East. Uh, this is not a good division uh, for me, and I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we had the Buffalo Bills winning the division at thirteen and three. Uh, I had them going eleven and five. You had them going twelve and four. Uh, I'll skip this one because I'll, I'll make it the last one. But we had uh, in third place. We were dead on with New England. They went seven and nine. You said seven and nine. I said eight and eight. Uh, we were a little too high on the Jets. But in our defense, it's tough to predict a team to go two and fourteen because teams can just stumble into wins. Uh, I had them going four and twelve. You had them going five and eleven. But my my worst performance from the preseason was with Miami. They went ten and six, barely missed out on a playoff spot. Uh, you had them going seven and nine. I had them going four and twelve. So I, I was six off on that one. So that is a bad beat for me. Do you want to explain it? Well, because I don't remember what your rationale was for them not being good besides the fact that they're the Dolphins. Yeah, so I went back because I kept record predictions for for every team, but I lost mine for the AFC East, so I had to go back and listen to it. What Mm -hmm. I said about the Dolphins is we both agreed they'd be better. I said they would be a better team, but they would actually lose more games because they kind of stumbled into some victories last year. So I, cause I think they went like five and 11. So I thought they'd be a better team. I thought they were going to start Tua from day one. So, you know, I didn't know he would be that good. I thought there might be some struggles who, who, who would, who could have guessed that all the free agents they signed would have actually been like legitimately good. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was still wrong. There's no, there's no defending a six point or a six win spread, but I did say they would be better, but uh, yeah, that's oh, four and 12 and 10 and six are light years apart. Yep, that's pretty different. So, I was I, I thought Miami would be better this year, and that's why I gave them seven wins. And I knew Buffalo was going to be good, but I really thought Miami would have some success against uh, New England and New York and the Jets with, you know, everything that's gone on there and Tom Brady departing and you know a bunch of Patriots opting out and obviously the Jets being just a raging dumpster fire for going on five years now. Um, it, you know, it, I, I thought they'd have some easy wins there, and it's like I, I saw them getting the four wins pretty easily, and. You know, from there, it's like, can you win three more games? I thought they could. And, you know, they did way more than that and finished 10 and six and had a good season. So I think Miami has a bright future too. But it's like, man, I I don't know if – I just want to touch on it real quick, but I don't know what I think about Tui yet. I feel like I would know after this year, and, and I'm kind of indifferent. Like, I can't tell if he's actually good or not. Yeah, I haven't watched – well, because it's I've, I've only seen like, I've only seen like three games, so I, I I don't have a huge sample size. But like, you know, everyone thought Tua was going to be the guy, and like he's going to you know be one of these bright young stars, and like he 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 hasn't done that, and he's even though it's been unconventional, he's been benched a few times, and I I don't know, it's just kind of been weird watching him play this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the stats aren't super bad. I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and who knows if he was at at full health. But the one thing I will say, because people people made a big deal about Tua getting benched for for Fitzy, and going like that's going to destroy his confidence. I think that's I think Tua might be the one guy that you could do that to, because I think Tua is so mature that I think he would legitimately understand. Like, listen, it doesn't mean you're not the future guy. Learn from because he's always standing next to next to Fitz. Like I. I, I think yep. he's one of the most mature players, even when he was in college football. So I don't think he would take it the wrong way. Maybe with like, a, you know, maybe if you bench, 
uh, Trubisky or if you bench like Josh Rosen, they would take it the completely wrong way. But I think yeah. I think Tua understands. He's like, you know, this is still my team. There's still a reason they took you with the fifth pick in the draft. We're trying to win now, and I will I will go out and legitimately learn why. I wouldn't even call it a benching. It's more like a learning lesson, which I know is just you know a fancy way of of spinning it. But like, yeah. I think that's the one guy you can do it with because that guy's mentality is is something else. I agree with that. And, you know, like you said, in college, he was such a mature guy and like everything was, you know, he, he took accountability and he could answer questions and whatever. And it was awesome. And, and I, I think in addition to that, there's not a better guy that I would rather have doing that with him. And I guess to him, like essentially taking a spot in the field than Fitzpatrick. Like that guy is the quintessential backup. Like, you know, he's, he's never going to cause problems. And it's like, I, I just feel like that's a good guy to learn from, especially from a dude who's been in the league for so long, has been a pretty good player at times when he's been on the field. And I, I think it's a good situation for Tua. It's just unfortunate that, like, he's kind of being put through the ringer a little bit. It's the first two-quarterback system in the league. We have a, we have a, a starter and a closer. I mean, you know, Fitzy's the closer. He comes in. You need, like, four good throws. He, You know, he's an old man, so, you know, he's he's perfectly rested and, you know, just going out there and slinging some dimes. Absolutely. And I think, I think with Tua, I mean, dude, I'm his teammates love him. So like, you know, even if he doesn't turn out to be an elite quarterback, if he's just above average or if he's good, like his, he's going to be one of those guys like Teddy where like, you know, his team is ready to run through a fucking brick wall for him. Yep. Uh, And then just very quickly, quickly here with the AFC East, don't care about the Patriots. Don't care about the jets. This is the bills division for a long time, dude. Josh Allen. I, that's the one thing I said on the preseason show. I need his completion percentage to be better, especially up there in Windy Orchard Park. And, dude, it's I think it's a shade under 70%. It went up 10%. 10% this year. That's unheard of. Yeah, he's been fantastic this year. I, he probably, he, he'll probably finish third in MVP voting. Like, I... He, he's been awesome this year. That dude's got an absolute cannon strapped to his shoulder. Like he's got such a good arm. The defense there is it's serviceable at, at times it has its moments and other times they give up 40, but you know, it, I, I like the coaching staff. I think they've got weapons. Stefan Diggs is having essentially what is a career year. And I, I just, Buffalo's got a bright future and, and it's kind of exciting to see that, that someone else is taking the crown from the Patriots and kind of running with it. Oh, 100%. And Josh Allen, uh, incredibly mobile. I don't think he gets enough credit for being, you know, a, a basically a basically a 6'5", 250-pound uh, quarterback who can run probably a 4'5", five, 5". I mean, yep. my only my only criticism with him is that, uh, yeah, I, I know you're a big guy and, and I, I know you're fast, but uh, maybe you slide or maybe you run out of bounds uh, more often because, uh, you know, you don't really want to take too many hits. Ask Cam Newton how that works out for you. But yeah. this team, uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in the playoffs. But uh, man, I, I love the direction of this team. Sean McDermott is a fucking genius. And uh, there's really not, there might not be like elite players at every position, but there's not exactly a like glaring weakness on this team. It's a pretty well constructed roster. Agreed. All right. Uh, where okay. do you want to go? Let's go to the AFC North. Uh, let me try to pull up the uh, the old preseason predictions. All right, so we had – oh, computer just had an aneurysm. All right, well, that's cool. Um, we had Pittsburgh going 12-4. and four. Uh, I had them going 10-6. and six. You had them going 9-7. and seven. 
Uh, we had uh, Baltimore going 11 and five. I had them going 13 and three. You had them going 15 uh, and one. Uh, I, I told you at the time that was a high, uh, that was a high mark. Uh, Cleveland, believe land went 11 and five. We both had them at eight and eight. And we, we were pretty spot on with Cincy four, 11 and one. I had them five and 11. You had them four and 12. So we, we split the difference on wins and losses because of the, because of the yep. old, uh, tie there. But uh, what do you, what do you make of the FC North? Very surprising. I, I, I knew Cleveland was going to be, you know, getting them to 500 was never uh, a given. Like if you look at the history of Cleveland, obviously it's been a dumpster fire for a while, but like even the roster, like, you know, questions about Baker Mayfield and like, what is, what is, what are the weapons going to look like and whatever and co- coaching staff and Stefanski and all that stuff. But, you know, I thought eight and eight, that'd be a good record. And like, they, you know, they're kind of competitive and maybe in a couple of years they, they continue to grow and eventually take over the AFC North, but they came out, you know, 11 and five guns blazing, kind of a dynamic running attack. And, you know, we're going to chew clock and our defensive line will get after it. It's almost like a Mike Zimmer style that actually worked, which is kind of weird to go back to Zimmer again, but like, it kind of is true. Like they, they were a run heavy team, a lot of play action, you know, take a couple of shots here, play good defense. And, that recipe worked for them. 11 and five. I'm happy to see him have success. And I think it's about time. The Browns are actually a good team. Oh yeah. And Kevin Stefanski in his first year, people ripped the Browns for hiring Stefanski. I, I knew it was, I knew it was going to be a good hire because he was with the Vikings for 16 years through three different regime changes. And he coached every position. He was a quarterback coach, a running back coach, a wide receiver coach, a tight end coach. He didn't coach the O line, but he, he, I mean, could you imagine the the knowledge you would have to like learn and transfer from going like, yeah, hey, uh, we we fired our running back coach, so we know you're not the running back guy, but uh, now you're the running backs coach. And uh, I, man, the, never would have happened, but the Vikings should have fired Zimmer and just hired Stefanski because this guy, uh, man, if you can do that in Cleveland, that's insane. I was actually for that. I actually want that to happen. Fire Zimmer and, and get Stefanski, get some fresh blood in there, get some younger younger ideas and. I think that would have been a good choice, and now it's the Vikings are kind of stuck. Clearly, on year one, it worked out. And then Baker in year three. So he had the really good rookie season. Uh, he turned over the ball over a little too much in, in year one. Year two was a disaster. And I said going into this year, like, which one are we going to get? Are we going to get good or bad? And that's really going to determine the rest of his career because year three is yep. a pretty important year. Uh, he didn't, you know, it's not like he blew anybody's fucking socks off and 96 passer rating, but, you know, he cut down on the turnovers, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Not bad. He's not necessarily going to win you a, a game, but I, th- I think he's a good fit for that system uh, that you were just describing. And uh, man, I got to be honest. I mean, cause this is my AFC team. You know, my eyes might've got a little watery cause I, you know, 18 years, this team was not in the playoffs and I'm sure over the next few days, you're going to hear this a lot. And it's it's to a smaller scale than what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say because obviously this is legendary, but it's kind of like you know when the Cubs won the World Series and uh, you know you'd you'd be like, yeah man that means so much to me because my uh, my granddad was such a big uh, Cubs fan you know and he was born in 1920 and he lived uh, you know 90 years and man he he never saw them win one you know but uh, uh, he he never he never stopped believing and then you know. Uh, they, they finally win one. So I know that my granddad is, is happy. Like, you know, yep. sports, sports, obviously there's, there's more important things in the world, but it really is, you know, intertwined with the cultural fabric of this country. And, 
you know, there's a lot of emotion. So I, I can't even imagine how, you know, someone in Cleveland would, would feel because man, unless you're like 50, you don't remember well, the quote unquote glory days. They still didn't win yep. shit back Otto in the Graham 80s and, and 90s Brown and all that. Yeah. Yeah. With like Bernie Kosar and, and, and uh, stuff like that. But like, that's a really big deal. Like they lifted the curse. Yeah. They've been good. And it, it's exciting to see. And, you know, the AFC North is kind of interesting. It's like, what happens? Like does, does Pittsburgh eventually fall off? You know, what happens in Baltimore? Cause like, it doesn't look like they've gotten any better. Obviously the record doesn't show that, you know, it's like, it could be, I don't want to jump, you know, I don't want to jump to shark here, but like it could be their division eventually. And I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think the Steelers are our paper tigers. I mean, I, th- I think they really proved it the last, you know, third of the season where they're getting 100%. fucking worked by Washington and, you know, <laughs> worked by the Bengals. Like they're, dude, they're getting smoked by pretty much everyone. It was after, you know, like it was right when the 16 and O stocks, 16 and O talk started to be, you know, it started to make national news. Like, will this team do it? It's like the wheels fell off of that team, dude. They were Reagan, giving Reagan, up. They, they finished the season one in four. They, dude, they were getting boat raced by bad teams. I, like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I don't have much faith in Big Ben. Juju without AB is just a, he's just an average. He's a good receiver. Like, he's not, he's not the star that he thought he was. Like, I, Oh, he, he's, he's, he's a star. He's just a TikTok star, Mr. Corvette, okay, Corvette boy. Enough. He's a social media star. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a social media influencer. Yeah. That's his, yeah. You talk about the Bears having a, a, a gaping shotgun wound just crawling into the playoffs. I mean, the Steelers aren't really that far ahead of them. You're not wrong. Their record just looks better. But, man, that team, I, I, it, I have never seen a team collapse like that after starting so dominantly. And for uh, so long, you know honest, what I mean. Like through yeah. like eight games, like oh my god, is Pittsburgh like is is Pittsburgh the best team in the last ten years? Or you know, like people were freaking out, and then they just came back to earth and like in meteorite form crashed into the ground and just never. They just like it was just so bad, dude. It was. I I don't get it, but it, I kind of feel the same way about Baltimore. Not necessarily about a collapse, but like. What is going on in Baltimore? Lamar Jackson has been significantly worse this year. I don't know if it's – obviously, you can't expect him to play as an MVP every year, but, like, I, I don't know what's going on with, with Baltimore either. Yeah, and, and just the last thing on Pittsburgh, now that I'm looking at their schedule, dude, I don't even – obviously, they were good, but, like, okay, here's their schedule. They beat the Giants, bad team, beat the Broncos, not a good team, beat Houston, not a good team, Beat Philly, not a good team. You beat the Browns, okay, I'll give you one. You beat the Titans and the Ravens, okay. I mean, not elite teams, but those are good teams. You beat the Cowboys, bad team. You beat the Bengals, bad team. Jaguars, bad team. And then the Ravens, again. So it's like, ah, like six of those, six or seven of those first 11 wins were against fucking teams that are picking in the top seven. Yeah, there's like three good wins there. A couple of Baltimore and a Cleveland. And that's pretty much it. I, Reagan, you know what? I think we're correct. I, I, I think, you know, us picking them 10 and 6 and 9 and 7, I think to, I think that's what their true record is. You know what I mean? They're, I, just, I actually, they're a 9 and 7 team. Yeah, I feel like they they won games. Man, they just – that really is, now that you said it, that is an impressively easy schedule. <laughs> that's really easy. Like that's that's – it's shockingly simple. 
I don't yeah, know. They, they played they played nobody's. I mean, I don't know statistically if they have the lowest, you know, opponent win percentage or whatever, but like yeah. that's r- like really easy. The Vikings could have gone 12 and 4 with that. Well, maybe maybe not 12 and 4, but you know, what have made the playoffs. Won, they could have won ten, 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. That's all oh, man. Yeah. Uh so what 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 are your thoughts on Baltimore? I don't really have any strong ones. They're not really I don't I don't think they're serious contenders. I mean, so what what concerns me is that they're noticeably worse in the regular season. Well, they're known the last couple of years for not translating that regular season success into the postseason. So the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So what are they translating this year? I mean, I don't know, man. They could lose their first game. I I don't I don't I agree. Um, All right. Uh, We can pick up the pace here in the AFC South. Uh, This was a real tough one to pick none of our picks were really uh, super awesome here uh we had the titans going 11 and 5 i had them at 9 and 7 you had that at 8 and 8 uh the colts went 11 and 5 i said they'd go 7 and 9 you said 9 and 7 uh we were way off with houston they went 4 and 12 gave the third pick to miami uh we both said they'd go 9 and 7 i think i think our exact reasoning was just because of deshaun watson and then here with the jaguars they went 11 and 15 no, no, one and fifteen. Jesus, one and fifteen. I said they'd go two and fourteen. You said they'd go three and thirteen. This is just kind of a blase division in my mind. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I don't have a lot to say on any of these teams. Like Tennessee and Indianapolis, like okay, I guess they're good. But I, I really thought this division that for the top three teams was just going to be kind of like we predicted it: eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe a seven and nine team. Like I, I, I Houston, talk about falling off a cliff. I mean that. Deshaun Watson, he's got to get out of there, man. Like the, the, the everything in Houston is a complete shipwreck. Like I feel bad for him. I feel bad for JJ Watt, but that is, that team is not the future, and it's it's honestly disappointing. Dude, they they traded Hopkins for a fourth round pick and David Johnson. They they traded for Laramie so Tunsil, two first round picks. One of them ends up being the third overall pick, where you could have just drafted Penny Sewell. And you ended up paying him fucking quarterback money to be your left tackle. I mean, that team is so bad. And it's kind of weird that there's two playoff teams from the South. I mean, I would have figured, you know, and we'll get to this division next, probably actually rather quickly. But, um, like, you know, we were really high on the AFC West. I'm surprised that the Raiders, you know, they were three wins behind. I guess that's what happens when you beat up on bad teams in a bad division. But I'm really surprised. I would have figured just the division winner would get in from the South. But... I think every team that made the playoffs from the South, well, every team, the Titans and the Colts, I think they're pretenders. They're just there to get beat in, in round one. I don't see them as legitimate uh, legitimate teams. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm pretty much good on the AFC South. I just – I don't have a lot to say about them. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say either. Um, let's move on here to the AFC West. Okay, I lost it for a second, but don't worry. We found it. Um, so the Kansas City Chiefs win the division. They go 14 and two. Uh, I said they'd go 12 and four. You said 13 and three. It's pretty standard. Uh, Vegas went eight and eight. I said they'd go seven and nine. You said they'd go six and ten. The Chargers went seven and nine. I said they'd go six and ten. So did you. And then we were our biggest misses came here with the Broncos. They went five and eleven. I said they'd go nine and seven. So I probably thought they'd make a wild card push. Well, I suppose a wild card would be ten and six as well uh, for you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was really, I was really thinking that there would be at least one or two of those bottom three teams would, would, you know, 
make a make a push. And you know, all three of those bottom teams had their moments, but it just wasn't sustained enough to you know be in the playoff discussion. Yeah, they, you know, Vegas is what Vegas is, and I don't have much to say about Denver. I was just wrong about that team, but honestly, the Chargers are that's the team moving forward that I would look to not necessarily compete with Kansas city because Kansas city is, you know, they're probably going to win the AFC West for the next 10 years, as long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't get injured. But I think the chargers, especially next year are going to have the best shot to kind of unseat them. I don't see Vegas moving forward. I don't know about Denver. It's just kind of a mess right now, but the chargers, you know, you got a, you got a young rookie quarterback who's on a cheap deal. He's obviously shown this year that he's, he's, pretty much the future of the franchise is a good player. You know, the defense isn't that bad. I feel like the Chargers have a good shot to take a, a nice step next year and, and maybe not compete with Kansas City, but kind of try and give them a run for their money. Yeah, well, Justin Herbert just had the best uh, rookie season ever for a quarterback. I mean, I think Baker threw 28 touchdowns, Herbert threw 31, 10 interceptions, uh, a quarterback rating of 98 uh, 66% completion percentage. Like I was way wrong about Justin Herbert. I did not see him uh, yep. being that good coming out of Oregon, but like, ah, he's like, he's one of the premier young quarterbacks in the league after, after just one year. There's no, there's no question to that. hundred percent Herbert, like, you know, like coming out of Oregon, like a lot of people didn't have him very high on the draft board and like whatever, he was just going to be kind of this midland guy that, you know, at best maybe he turns into a league average quarterback and, you know, it helps the franchise try and make the playoffs or whatever, but, you know, that, that was pretty much the consensus, not only for just national talkers, but like legitimate scouts were like, we just don't see it. And, you know, to come out and, and kind of light the league on fire. And I don't want to get, you know, too down the road here about potential awards or whatever for, for what we talk about later, but that guy has been fantastic. And I, I think the Chargers have a bright future. And it's just, for me, it's unfortunate it's happening in LA because I feel like San Diego deserves that after all the shit that they went through with, with the moving franchise and, and just kind of abandoning that fan base. Oh yeah. You know how many people in LA care that the Chargers are promising? Uh, probably like four. Yeah. I was going to say like five people. <laughs> like, oh, man. No, like there's so many good teams in LA and the Chargers just, especially being new, like, like I get, you don't want to stay in San Diego or whatever, but LA was, that's not the move it, or it, it wouldn't have been for me. Absolutely not. And they, have had the best jerseys in the league for a long time. All those Sick new jerseys. jerseys, all those new jerseys that they have, oh my god, are those beautiful? If only yep. the fans cared. I want those baby blues from like 2005 to come back. Oh man, pick in, they've never had a bad jersey. Dude, Ever. it's 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 honestly it, it really it truly is one of the all-time cult like color scheme and jersey franchises in all of the four major men's sports. And, and I think we take jerseys for granted because look at how many dog shit jerseys are out there, so man. The, the created jersey. I get it was – I get. I understand the circumstance, but look at the Washington football team. Those were probably created, you know, within 10 minutes. I mean, the the Rams are ugly. They're, they're soccer uniforms. The Vikings, like, they fucked up from their, the, the like, 2010 iteration of the jersey. Yep. I mean, like, there's, there's no shortage. The Bengals jerseys are disgusting. Like most of the league has bad jerseys, but so it's it's actually really impressive to come up with something that you know stands the test of time, and then also also you know, like paying homage to previous jerseys, but modernize modernizing them in a way that doesn't just you know spit in the face of you know what what your logo has been and what the jersey design has been historically. Yeah, it's 
Chargers have they have some goaded uniforms, so you know they're on the up and up, and I think they'll be exciting to watch for the next couple of years. I agree. Um, all right, so we've gone division by division. Uh, real quickly here, I'd like to go through some of the uh, awards. I think we're probably going to agree on every single one. Um, yep. So I, I I actually think you can we can give our reasons for for obviously picking uh, who we think wins the award. But I almost think it's almost it's almost more interesting to talk about like the runner ups because it's it's so obvious who won it. But uh, uh, obviously, we do want to talk about who won it. So uh, I'll let you start here, and we'll start with the 2020 NFL MVP. Who wins that award for you? Got to be Aaron Rodgers. You look at Aaron Rodgers, number one seed in the NFC, 51 total touchdowns uh, this season, five interceptions. Uh, I think he had 48 passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. You know, I think he had 4,400 yards in the 70s for for completion percentage. I mean, just on an absolute tear, bringing the backers back from, you know, last year it was like, is Rodgers cooked? Is he done? Like, and he comes back this year with a pretty obvious MVP campaign, in my opinion. 13 and three record. You know, I doing it all. Like you said earlier when we were talking about the Packers, bringing guys that, you know, MVS on another team probably wouldn't see the field in Green Bay. You know, he's making big-time plays. Obviously, he makes big mistakes as well, but, you know, he's, he's a deep threat. And Devontae Adams literally this year had the best Packer receiving – best season for a Packers receiver in the history of the Packers franchise. So, you know, things that Aaron Rodgers did this year, um, the leader he is and, and, and what he did for the team, I think can't be understated. And I, th- I think it's a clear MVP campaign. Yeah, 100%. For everything you just said, I have nothing to add to that. It's obviously Aaron Rodgers – uh, I'd be floored if he if he didn't get in. Um, here's why the eye test matters. So obviously you can put up 121 passer rating and like you don't exactly need the eye test for that. Like that's obviously exceptional. Um, yep. But when but when you when you watch the games, it's it's just as impressive on the field in in its you know on the field manifestation as it is you know on a on a sheet of paper. Um, Absolutely. Here's why you know quarterback rating is a little bullshit. Why you need the eye test. Uh, we have Drew Brees, who has uh, the sixth highest passer rating in the league, and Kirk Cousins has the eighth highest passer rating in the league, which I'm sure I will hear all offseason about why he's such a great quarterback, even though yep. we're seven and nine. So how does where's the disconnect there? Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably number two, but I, I don't really want to talk about that because obviously he's a great player. But for me, the the interesting thing with the MVP, and I want him to be an MVP candidate. He shouldn't win it, but he deserves the respect of, of being in consideration is Josh Allen. I mean, you talk about a 24 year old quarter, 24 year old quarterback. I know we talked about him just a, a few minutes ago, but the, the improvement he made in his game is insane. 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's an awesome ratio. 69% completion percentage. He's only a few uh, points lower than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a one Oh seven passer rating. And he also rushed for five touchdowns. I mean, obviously bringing in Stefan Diggs is, is uh, you know, that can't be understated how important that is for his success. But like, dude, he's also doing it. I get Diggs is a big part of it. Um, you know, but every quarter, you know, every Rogers has their Devonte Adams. Um, and, and you can discuss, well, how much of Rogers, uh, you know, makes Adams the, the, the great wide receiver he is and vice versa. You can do that for every quarterback and wide receiver relation, but he's also doing it with like Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley. And, you know, it's not like they have. Yeah insane players on that offense so you know big respect to josh allen yeah i agree i think he'll finish third in mvp voting obviously Mahomes is going to get second but 
Yeah, Josh Allen, man, he's really just – he's come onto the scene and, and made it known that he's going to be one of the – basically the five best quarterbacks in the game for a long time to come. And like we were talking about earlier with Buffalo, I mean, it's exciting to watch and seeing the Bills be good again is fun. And, you know, i got nothing but good things to say about Josh Allen because he seems like a good dude and a, and a really good player. So I, I could see him potentially competing for MVP a couple more years in the future. I mean, like he's got that kind of talent. And, uh, you know, obviously Rodgers doesn't have that much time left, but – it could be, you know, Josh Allen and and Patrick Mahomes competing for it, and I think that would be exciting as well. Yeah, it could be like the Colts and the Patriots every single year yeah. in the championship game. And the the big thing, I think Buffalo is the best fan base in, in the league. I mean, they're insane. They throw dildos on fields and fucking – Flaming eat. tables. Yeah, jump through flaming tables. And, you know, at least twice a year, there's always footage of someone getting their ass eaten in a, in a wide open parking lot in Buffalo. So they're just, they're on another level, man. They're basically Canadians. But a pro- more props to the Bills because that 2018 draft class, there, there were five first round quarterbacks. And obviously they picked, what, th- th- uh, the third quarterback. But, but props to them for not, because they traded up. They were at like pick 12 and went to pick seven. Props for not falling for the, you know, not drafting. And Lamar's a great player, but I think Allen's better. You know, there were several opportunities for them to pick the wrong quarterback, and they got their guy. And their guy, I think, without a doubt, is the best quarterback from that draft class. Yeah, and I think, like, he's, yeah, obviously Lamar is an MVP, but I think, you know, Josh Allen is definitely more sustainable. I think that's that's more of a winning recipe than Lamar Jackson is. Um, especially like if you were to get down the game with Lamar, you know, you get down 14 points on playoff game, the game's over because you know, it's, it's his legs is, is the weapon. Whereas with, with Josh Allen, that dude can launch one 75 yards through the air and drop it on a dime and, you know, get you right back into a game. So I feel like, you know, it, it's a great selection by Buffalo and they've got a bright future and uh, Josh Allen, I, I really do think he has the chance to win MVP in the next couple of years. I, I don't think that's, that's a crazy take. 100%. And then just very, very quickly, because he doesn't deserve to win the MVP, I just want to mention it. Dude, Derrick Henry has had the quietest 2,000-yard rushing season Dude. I've ever seen. People just seem Dude, to forget I saw about that. that. I, I was watching the Packer game yesterday, and, you know, I was just surfing Twitter or whatever, and, you know, people people started tweeting Derrick Henry 2K, Derrick Henry 2K, 100-some yards or whatever it was, like 150 yards from Eric Jekerson's record. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that, that dude, um, like, the Packers held him to, like, what was it? 90 yards, 80 some yards. Like imagine if he would have had a Derrick Henry game against the Packers gone for 200, he could have broke the single season rushing record. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, like, it's insane to think about. Cause when did Eric Dickerson set that record? Like the eighties? Yeah. You know, like 85 like, or something like this. Yeah. Like this is not a record that is that it's not like the passing touchdown record, which is just going to get broken and broken and broken or whatever. Reagan, the, the average running back gets like 200 carries. We know how, how overused Cook was, and he had 312 carries. Derrick Henry had 378 carries this season. <laughs> Dude. That's, so, okay, I, I pulled up the list on Pro Football Reference. So, Eric Dickerson, 2,105 yards in 1984. 2020 Derrick Henry is fifth for all-time single-season rushing, 2,027 yards behind Barry Sanders in 97, Jamal Lewis in 2003, and AP in 2012. Yeah, and the 250 yards he ran for, uh, dude, that's like 46 yards off the record that AP set. Like, that has to be like a top 10 all-time rushing performance. Yeah, it's – what what a what a guy. I mean, it's 
you know, he he genuinely does deserve MVP conversation. Like, there's, I, I don't see any problem with that. Oh, Reagan, and it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Derrick Henry. Happy birthday to Derrick Henry. You'd love to see it. Did you know that his nickname is Tractor Cito? No. That's what Pro Football no. Reference is telling me. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's I've a bad one. I've literally never heard that used, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it at face value. Tractor Cito. That can't be real. Am I getting the wool pulled over my head here? I do. What's going man, on? I, I have no idea. All right. Yeah, so, MV, so MVP is pretty obvious. Consensus is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to get his third. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, very quickly here, we can go through the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. I don't even have a list open for defensive rookie of the year, but it has to be Chase Young, correct? 100%. has to be Chase Young. Dudes, one of the big reasons why Washington is in the playoffs and is 7-9, and nine, and like we talked about Ron Rivera earlier, but you know Chase Young, he's – transform that defensive line and he's been you know even in his rookie year it's he's been dominant and it's it's going to be fun to watch him for a long time to come 100 percent agree and then uh quickly here for the offensive rookie of the year uh justin jefferson had an awesome awesome year he he finished like i think his stats i think he's like a top six wide receiver stats wise as a yeah. rookie so I, th- I think he deserves some consideration, but it has to be Herbert. Quarterback, listen, you're going to hear a lot of people saying Je- Justin Jefferson had the better season at his position, which is I think is undeniably true. But quarterback's so much more important, and he set the, the single-season rookie record for touchdowns. I mean, that think of all the great rookie quarterbacks that we've had that have turned into franchise quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck's rookie year, Baker Mayfield's rookie year. I mean, there's to, to, to be the guy who has that record – that you have to win rookie of the year in my mind. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's, you know, JJ is doing his thing and he's been fantastic and, you know, he's breaking records that literally Randy Moss set, which is, you know, if you're in Randy Moss company in terms of wide receivers, you're, you're in a pretty special class and it's going to be fun to watch him. I God, I wish he was in green Bay, but you know, it's the, honestly the getting the privilege to watch him twice a year for probably the next, what, 10 to 15 years is going to be awesome. And, I love that guy. He seems like a good dude. Plus the gritty is kind of funny to watch when Kirk isn't doing it. I need to put that caveat on there when Kirk isn't doing it. Um, but I agree. It's it, Herbert has to get it. I mean, what he did at the quarterback position, what he did for that Chargers team. And I think what he's going to do moving forward, just breaking all the records is, is going to be exciting to watch. And he, he, he clearly is a special player. 